What on earth is that? It's a Journey into Comics Network production! All aboard! I brought my pencil! What do you wanna do with your life? Walk on home, boy! Yeah! What's up, Tutorinos? And welcome back to another episode of Rank 'em All Van Halen Edition. Right here on the Rank 'em All Podcast, a show where we take a artist or bands, songs, or discography, all the albums, we go right down song by song, rank by rank, and we rank all the songs, gives us our album ranks, and we figure out which albums and songs really rise above the rest. Guys, I'm not alone here. I'm one of your hosts, Brando, Rank Master, whatever you want to call me. Joining me here today for this series, as always, the one and only Podfather, Nate Phillips. We're back. We're back again to make this podcast, my friends. We are inching our way closer to the end of the line here uh, for Van Halen. We only got a few more left to go. Three albums so far. And, and then a little aftershock. Uh, maybe a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so like we are inching towards the end of this project. And it, it's very exciting for me to finally kind of get close to the end here because um, these are the albums I really haven't heard anything from. Uh, you know, I, I did pick up the very last album, you know, because I was really hot off the Black Sabbath re-release thing, right? But uh, but I'm very excited to dive into, especially uh, uh, the one here today. We're talking about balance, but we're not alone. We're we're not going to throw this whole podcast off balance. Joining us here today, the one and only Good Times Grimes, Joe Grimes. Hey guys, we're back here again, on, brothers. Oh, and you know Heck what? Yeah. Um, you know, not much going on. <laughs> I just had to listen to some Van Halen. Uh, not a lot you know i think that's the first time we're saying had to instead of just you know mm. i wanted to listen to some van halen man i had to so van Van halen balance guys we're just gonna dive right in there's not a whole lot of just uh, buffoonery or shenanigans Uh, this album was released january 24th 1995 it was um are you kidding me it says it was recorded from may to September of 94. So this is the longest period of time after they're recording that they didn't release it. Like in the past, it's been like one month, right? Right away. You can tell they're not happy. Uh, well, there's a song on here that, that was recorded in 83. What? Yeah. And I'll tell you which one that is when we get there. Um, the album is about 53 minutes long. It's about how we've been trending with the Hagar era. Uh, this is the last Sammy Hagar album. We have reached the end of the Hagar era, guys. This is the last one that we're going to rank. And um, not to give anything away, because I don't know how you guys ranked everything. Um, however, unfortunately, due to just our preemptive tone, you can kind of tell that we're not as excited to rank this one as we have been coming into, uh, say, 84 or 5150 or OU812. These albums... Uh, that are kind of like the more of like the, I don't know, the iconic, the Mount Rushmore of the Van Halen era, you know, uh, of, of, of their entire run. But this one definitely doesn't really seem like it's up there. But to me, I thought it was poignant to note that when we started the series with the self-titled Van Halen and we we saw a trend, mostly. The first album was pretty decent for an opener album. But then we we shot down and we slowly saw the band inch closer to having a really solid, great album. It took a, it took a few albums to get there, but they got there. 
Then Sammy comes in right at the height. Right, like they cannot get any bigger, but somehow they they, they managed to to pull over that success from the '84. Change singers. How often do you see singers join a band or replace somebody, and they get almost the exact same kind of treatment, or they're or it's like the exact same sort of level of success? It's not very often. There's a lot of comparison. There's a lot of people, and and that's why this band, as we said, is perfect for rank them all. Because we can compare and contrast the Roth and Hagar eras. We can do that, especially after today. But I've noticed, just based off our ranks, uh, for the most part, while Roth's out, like albums were climbing to a point of success, Hagar's albums are kind of descending. Mm-hmm. In terms of quality and in terms of what I feel like is really good stuff. That doesn't mean that I don't think that there's good stuff on balance. There is. There definitely is some cool stuff in here that I liked, and we're going to talk about that. But, guys, the album cover. What do you weird. think? Of- <laughs> it's fucking weird. So we haven't talked about album covers in a while, uh, uh, probably since, like, uh, 5150 with that with the Atlas dude, right? Um, but it's a seesaw. It's a kid, a toddler. Um, Six, probably five, maybe. Uh, n- naked. Uh, what I assume is, well, it's covered. It's you know, I mean, we're not. Never mind, baby suing the band here. Uh, Whoa! Yeah. Uh, yeah, I heard. I heard though that the Van Halen baby is suing the Nirvana baby for being a fucking pussy, though. So. He's <laughs> 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 like, come on, man, get over it. I've been at this shit longer than you, kid. And you recreated the fucking album like seven times yeah, in the past twenty six years. You, what, you know what? Come on, man. If there's yeah, if, you know, if, if they're saying that the that the parents sort of did that, and it was like. Well, you know, uh, maybe I can understand if you went that like, man, he they, they placed me and on this album cover, I didn't ask for it, and, I, and now my penis is every my you know, my baby penis is everywhere. Um, I if you come out, you're like, look, I, I'm not happy with that. I don't like it, you know. And then there was nothing, so I didn't have a choice. But then what? The only part about that whole thing that makes me go, I don't know, man. It's how many times you did recreate it, and how many times you you did live off of that fame. Of being, yeah. I'm, I'm the baby from the Nevermind thing, and so I don't know. We're not talking about, uh, you know, never mind about that. We're not talking we about maybe rank them some other day. Maybe some other day. I would like to go down the Nirvana uh, threshold because, Same. like, while I am a fan, I'm not a, a diehard fan of Nirvana. I uh, I've listened to a lot though, may, uh, but I would like to dive in. But that's for another day. So as, so as we said, Balance came out in eighty or in ninety five, January ninety five. I remember this album in jukebox in bars. Now, uh, say what you want, say what you will. When I was growing up, I spent a lot of time in bars. I never go to them now, but literally, I lived in a town of six hundred people. We had two bars that were right next door to each other, so you could get kicked out of one, walk right into the other, walk right into the other one, and be like, "Hey guys, I just showed up. What's going on?" <laughs> you got a bloody lip. Anyway, no, uh, that, that's how it was. And so a lot of times the people who would watch me if my mom and dad wanted to go have a drink were already there at the bar. <laughs> so <laughs> guess where I was at the bar? Guess what I got? Quarters and uh, dollars uh, to spend on uh, playing pool or uh, the Music. one the one arcade thing or the jukebox. I got to play a lot of that. And I remember seeing this album cover going, that is weird. <laughs> what is this, you know? 
Yeah. I think I remember this and like, is it the ugly, the ugly kid Joe album cover with like the drawn Statue of Liberty kid flipping off? I don't yeah. know. Okay. I remember mm-hmm. that one in there too. But, uh, you know, I, I don't, I didn't remember hearing anything from this record. This is the first time coming into balance. I don't remember anything on here. Do you guys nope. remember anything? Yep. One, uh, one song. One, one song. song is like probably my favorite. Um, man hagar era song honestly well one of i have a lot of songs from this era that i really jam and one of them just happens to be on here however coming into ranking this i had no fucking idea it was on the album at all jamming along and then bam it popped me in the face and i was like really this is where this comes from all right all right they got it i guess they still got it i guess all right anyways so the original name of the album apparently was the Seventh Seal. Huh. Uh, and but- then they were like, "God damn, Iron Maiden with the Seventh Son of the Seventh Son of the Seventh Son <laughs> of the Seventh Son." Yeah. So eventually they they changed that um, after they they eventually picked Balance with at which Alex Van Halen explains. Uh, was about the turmoil and changes surrounding the band, uh, including the recent death of longtime manager Ed Leffler. Alex also uh, asked something, uh, exploring the duality of the human psyche. Um, And then ended up sketching of the conjoined twins on the seesaw, and they liked it. The androgynous boy, who actually hailed from Denver, but was mistakenly considered to be Eddie's son Wolfgang. It's not Wolfgang was then photographed in Hollywood studio and, and uh, with the photographer's daughter being the hand model that pulled his hair. The images were then combined using a miniature landscape for the background using fract fractal design. Interesting. Um, oh, uh, he added that the twins were designed to mimic the shape of the VH logo. Hold on. I got to really look at that. Yeah, legit. I mean, I I guess I can, with with, with how they're sitting and standing, not entirely, it's artsy. It's definitely artsy. But, I mean, I think we're kind of stretching here. I mean, not that that kid isn't stretching to get away. (laughs) (laughs) My thing is, is I thought kind of that maybe the faces – you know, now that you tell me where who they were actually it was actually a kid, though, that was like a part of this. I thought they were maybe like superimposed images of Alex and Eddie when they were kids. I was like, oh, that'd be a cool oh, yeah. deep cut thing because it kind of has a little like slight similarity, but interesting. <laughs> and interesting. I, uh, there there are some so- there's some notes about some of the songs that 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 are listed here on Wikipedia. I'll have to say when we get there. But guys, we're going to dive right into it. The band is, of course, Nate. Who's the band? Alex Van Halen on drums. I'm doing it backwards this time. We've got Eddie Van Halen on guitar. Michael Anthony on the beatly badly boodly bass. And for this album, and really for the last time, we've got Mr. Sammy Hagar on vocals. Mm -hmm. The last full album to have Sammy. Now, Sammy would be kind of like in and out of the band as far as like a touring member. They did some stuff here and there. And we have a couple of extra songs that we're going to tackle after the, the album ranking. Uh, which was one of them is a Japanese bonus track to this album. And which is it, hard as fuck to find, by the way. It is, yeah. It, like, it's on YouTube. It's not on Spotify, guys. And the only reason why I included yeah, it I is because... Yeah, the only reason why I did include it is because it's a, an actual 
over somewhere in the world. It's an actual track on the album. So did you did you notice on YouTube? I, I don't know which video you found, but for that track, the album cover picture is different. It only has one kid on the seesaw. I saw the variant for that, and and, and it makes me wonder what the deal is with that. Like there is a variant yeah. where it's just like instead of the like split personality of the kid and kid freaking yeah. away or getting pulled hair. It's uh like there's like it's like it's like a singularity, a singular yeah. person. Uh, so yeah, we're, we're, we're going to touch those songs. They're not going to affect the album rank. Uh, if you listen to our Metallica stuff, where we included some extra songs towards the end of that run, works the exact same way. We'll touch on them at the end of the episode. But guys, the album starts off with the song "The Seventh Seal," album opener here, and I will start with some. With, with with some notes. I got some connotes. Connotes. I've got two main notes. Didgeridudes. <laughs> we have a didgeridoo. Yes. Didgeridudes. Yeah. Oh god, that's amazing. <laughs> I want a band called the Didgeridudes. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Dude, this song has some good oh. riffs. I like this song. I really do. I think it's a really badass little tune. And, um, you know, on on the last album, we were a bit up and down. It, it starts strong and it goes, loses traction, has a few good songs towards the end. Uh, but this one, it's like, all right, we're starting off all right. We all mm-hmm. right. All right, cool. And, it, and they're exploring a little bit of a different sound. What do you guys think? How about we'll start with Joe. I uh, I thought it was like a you know, perfect start to the album. Uh, like that's the, you know, the biggest problem we've had with a lot of these is just like, well, okay. Like I would have rearranged the the tracks a little bit different, but this one, one thing that I kept going back to when I was looking at the lyrics and listening to the song, it almost had like a montage feel to it. Some like mid nineties montage, almost like, you know, maybe they took Pastor of the Christ and mixed in Rocky four. You know, it's like, <laughs> we got Jesus Balboa in one corner and, <laughs> Satan Drago in the other corner. <laughs> That's a real balancing act. <laughs> right, right. Good and evil, yeah. And but no, but besides that, like uh yeah, dude, like I really dug this. Like I this is one that I had to re- listen to over and over, not just because I felt like, well, maybe I should give that a second chance, just because I genuinely liked this song. Uh badass start to the album. Before we get to Nate here, it says that uh the that feature here is a U2 like guitar wall that propelled through the darkest terrain the band had ever tackled. And as a side note, Eddie revealed in 2012, the seventh seal was written before Van Halen became a band. Really? That's the song that was first. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no. This one wasn't recorded before, but maybe, Oh, he had wrote it first. Maybe yeah, yeah, he had written like, like a lot of like, like the main parts. And then when they, when they were revisiting it, then they you know tackled it with Sammy because because uh, uh, I'm sure here as, as same as usual the writing credits are shared among all like all members of the band. But Nate, what do you got to say about the seventh seal? Okay, so this is one of the instances where, and I think we had the same kind of situation with OU812 where um, you need to set the tone a certain way. And this one does a better job than mine all mine. Uh, because it definitely is more intriguing. The landscape of the music that you're listening to throughout the seventh seal is um, it's way more enjoyable. First of all, 
And it's like, oh, hey, okay, we're here. It's Van Hagar. We're in it. You know, it's going to be probably a pretty popping album. Uh, I I really like that they do take some music risks, though. That's the one thing that we I don't think talk about or give enough credit to Metallica or any of the other bands we've ranked here is, is that as you evolve as a musician, you've got to try different variations of what you're doing and do things uniquely. And this is still Van Halen, but there are some unique, weird parts in the song. The depth of the guitars, like you were saying, the didgeridoos being added. Some of the solo-y bits in the song are very interesting as well. So um, I really dug the song. I'll get you kicked right out the bat here with a rank because I know you're about to ask me. I gave the bad boy a seven. The seventh seal got a seven. And no, I did not plan that at all. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Joe? I give it an eight. An eight. We're right about there in the same realm because uh, the seventh seal realm. <laughs> uh, I, I gave it a seven point seven five. Oh wow! I thoroughly enjoyed this, and um, this album, despite um, our lackadaisical intro, looking again at just at the at the overall scores of mine, um, I don't necessarily want to like like undercut because there's some good stuff on here. Uh, to get to and the next song it's a single we have our first single uh, well it wasn't the first single this was the second single released believe it or not Uh, Can't Stop Loving You and I wrote stereotypical ballad but pretty good now why is it that once again in the Hagar era we have entered the realm of TV intro sounding songs we had perfect strangers before, and now we got nine hundred two one zero. Definitely nine hundred two one zero vibes. Like, yes. like I, I, that. Then that doesn't knock it from me because I actually think this song is a pretty, it's pretty standard fair kind of. But it when you're when, when you're thinking of Hagar era songs, I feel like it fits right in there. So I'll go to Nate next. What you got for Can't Stop Loving You? This is the song that I knew from the album that surprised me after Seven Seal. I was like, oh, shit, this is this is my jam. Like, I fucking love this song. Um, I already knew what I was going to rank it as soon as I heard it. I was like, oh, it's on the best of volume one, isn't it? Um, It's on that. It was also on the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. I had heard it because my dad had all these albums. But, you know, when you're growing up, you don't know what's coming from where. I mean, you just know the difference between one and the other. So. And we're going to get back to one or the other later when we're talking about those bonus tracks, because I was actually blown away when I went and learned some information about that. But we'll get there. So for me, the biggest thing with I Can't Stop Loving You or Can't Stop Loving You is really unique guitar work from Eddie. It's mostly acoustic. Mm -hmm. When it kicks in, it's very powerful. And man, is that solo. I mean, it's just pulling for the heartstrings to get you. It's a perfect love song. It really is. And um, I'm a big fan of it. Joe, what were your thoughts on Can't Stop Loving You? Uh, yeah, like like we were talking about, like it's the, the only song that I really recognized off this whole album just because of the very best of. And I like for me, it wasn't so much what was going on musically. Um, for me, what stuck out was Sammy's vocals. Um, I thought there was a nice balance uh, <laughs> between the between the verse and the chorus. No, like really though, like uh just the dynamics, the difference uh, when going from screaming just to like just as low key from the, the verse to the chorus was noticeable, but it was like it was nice. You know what I mean? Like 
there's sometimes his vocals for me, it just, it's just hard because it feels like he's just screaming it instead of like singing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, that, yeah, I, I've always really dug this song just, just because of that. Um, I didn't really get much of it musically, but, uh, still all around good just from his vocals. Yeah. I kind of feel like Sammy's pretty decent on this album. Um, yeah. I, so far, like, you know, like we, we, we've already talked about how, Obviously, he's a different beast and a different guy behind the mic. And, you know, uh, this, uh, this album does not really have any of that, like, vocal weirdness. We had a little bit on the last record, uh, bringing some of that Dave weirdness talking bits back in. But it's, not, it's pretty straightforward here. And so, Joe, what'd you rank Can't Stop Loving You? Uh, I did that one a six. A six. How about you, Nate? <laughs> We're going to tip the scale on this one right out the gate. Oh, shit. Uh, 9.25. 9.25. I gave it an 8. I like it a lot. I thought it was a pretty darn good single. Uh, which the next song is as well. It was the first single. It was Don't Tell Me What Love Can Do. The single was released in December, on December 28th, 94. Uh, to lead into the beginning of the new year. In which we would have the new album release. Don't Tell Me What Love Can Do. What did I write down for that? I wrote it. It's. I only wrote two notes. Wow. I only wrote two notes, guys. I wrote. Chunky. <laughs> this song's chunky. Chunky like a monkey. And I wrote again, just to reiterate, pretty good vocals here as well. Um, you you disagree, Joe? I this well, what I was talking about with his vocals in the last song, it's the complete opposite for me in this one, man. Like it's like this is what I was talking about his screaming. <laughs> it feels like for this one, he, he was screaming most of the song. I don't, like, I don't know why that irritates me, but it just kind of was. It made it hard for me to listen to. How about Nate? Okay, guys. So this song. <laughs> You know when you really want something to be good? You're like, man, I'm anticipating this to be good. And then it's like Duke Nukem Forever. (laughs) (laughs) That is this song wrapped up in a ball. Because to me, I thought in the chorus, it was some of Sammy's worst singing ever. Literally in his entire career. I was like, what are they doing with the effects on his vocals? What is that? vocal melody like it really is harsh to the ear and not really that pleasant to me uh i was not a huge fan of this song at all (laughs) uh and i think let me get back to my notes here because they yeah i i gave this song a five it was not my favorite joe i'm not far from you i got did a 4.25 I'm a little bit further than you guys. It was a seven. I thought it was all right. I thought it was all right. And the vocals, I thought, I disagree. I, I thought they were all right there. Uh, the next song, Amsterdam. Amsterdam. So there's a bit of a note on here that Amsterdam was written about uh, Eddie and Alex's birthplace. And Eddie's on record to Guitar World saying, I always hated the words to Wham Bam Amsterdam. Because they were just all about smoking pot. They were just stupid. 
He said, Lyric should plant some sort of seed, which I thought was hilarious. There. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's, he, he did there. he's bitching about it was. the pot. Uh, or at least be a little <laughs> bit more metaphorical. Uh, this is another song based on an idea, idea that predates the album sessions as there's video of Eddie playing the riff to Amsterdam in 51 Studios in 1987. Wow. So I wrote one line about Amsterdam. Jamie Hagar. <laughs> Very nice. This song's a jam. It, it, it's it, not. It, it's not great, and I don't. I don't think it's better than the last one. Uh, but it's just. It's just a jam. It, 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 I don't. I don't think it ever really pushes across that threshold uh, into Van Halen greatness. But pretty decent. We'll start with Nate. What do you think about Amsterdam's? This is one of those situations where this should have been um, maybe a, a bonus track that was left off and and put, you know, somewhere else, you know, a demo as it were, because it had a lot of good qualities to it that if they would have maybe taken a little more time. And I know it's funny. We said they took a lot of time from the time they recorded it to the time they released it. And then they would have taken just a little more time and considered the song. They could have really made it a little bit more epic, but it was there's a lot of shortcomings in the, in the song. So um, it's not bad. It's not great. It does jam. I do like some of the guitar work quite a bit. You're going to hear me say that a lot on this album. I think it's one of the biggest saving graces of this album is Eddie still being Eddie. Uh, so, yeah, Joe, thoughts on Amsterdam? Uh, I, I'm right there with you. Like, it, it's it's a pretty mediocre song for me, but like um, the instrumental bridge where you, like Eddie's just doing what he's doing. Uh, I think that saves the song, but not like completely saves it. It's still eh, like it, it, you know, went from here to like maybe just a smidge higher for me. And then that's, that's pretty much all this, this is really like, I agree. It should have been like a bonus track or something. What'd you rank it, Joe? Uh, I, I gave this one a five. Nate. 6.25. Gave it a seven. Next song is Big Fat Money. Oh, Amsterdam was a single, by the way. What? It was the last single. It doesn't have a, uh, it, it just says release 1995. So, Big, but Big Fat Money is not a single. And I wrote one line again, or uh, two words again Traveling Band. You remember that song from Creedence Clearwater Revival? Yes. Yeah. This song reminds me the some of the vocal patterns of him going how no I'm gonna move playing in a traveling band <laughs> like that's just that's where I thought at one point it was okay. going. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this song kind of jams a little bit, so it's like I I don't I don't know if I would say it's bad, but I think it's it's starting to uh, yeah. Are we starting to teeter here? Mm. Okay. Um, Joe, we'll start with you then. Uh, what do you think about Big Fat Money? Uh, I just thought it was a vocal mess. Like like all that the gibberish and all that crap, man. Dude, I would, <laughs> it, it was lost on him. I didn't pick up on the <laughs> CCR stuff, but I just thought there was too much going on. Like, you know, for like somebody like ADD, you know, uh, <laughs> it's hard to keep track of that kind of crap. You know, like it was like here, then it's there, then it's here. I'm like, dude, yeah, no. <laughs> It was a little bit too much for me, bro. Nate. Big Fat Money had kind of, I thought, a little bit of like like VH1 Van Halen 
vibes like musically speaking i was like okay cool like mm -hmm. there's some some kids taking risks i think is the way i want to say that the vocals were goofy as shit i can't even pretend but i didn't hate the song it was one of the like i was like okay i i maybe we'll go back and give that a second listen to really like get a better opinion of but not everything on this album is going to get that love for me uh we're going to talk about that here coming up pretty soon so i gave this one big fat money got a big fat six joe 3.5 3.5 brandon's reaction to that was everything 3.5 3.5 i gave it a 6.5 i didn't hate it it's jammy it's it, it it fits right in with the previous song, Jamie Hagar. The next track. It's not a song, guys. The next track. I designate that. Strung out. Instrumental. This is the one recorded in 1983. Interesting. Guys. I mean, it's cool that it's from 83. That's neat. Nah, I mean, if he didn't funny. use it then, why is he using it now? Exactly. Didn't make it on 84. It probably shouldn't have made it ever. It didn't make it on ever. Diver Down. It didn't make it. it, it this should have been. I thought you just said fucking Holy Diver for a second. I was like, wrong album, bro. No, no. <laughs> holy Diver. No. Uh, in fact, a holy, th th this place should be at the bottom so a Holy Diver could find it and then wonder, like, <laughs> I, like, like they could be tricked and then thinking they found something very valuable and <laughs> then they would hear it and go, oh, and then they would put it back. <laughs> We went all this way down. We're going to go back down to put it back down. Guys, what is this? Is, is, is this like, like this is. This filler. is the, this is the, it, it's worse than filler. Because we had stuff in prior episodes on prior albums that are filler tracks in between the oh, intro tracks complete. There's a separate track for an intro to another song that fills up part of an album. Instead yes, of writing is. another song, they extended an intro and made that a track. So if you're on a CD, track four is not tr the song. Track five is the song. Track four is just the minute and a half intro to said track four. Oh, uh, you guys. Strung out is noise. That's perfect. That is perfectly saying it. It's noise. Joe, do you have anything to add to this conversation? Uh, I don't have any notes. The only thing I have, Nate won't get the reference. Uh, Brando will. And if anybody from work watches this, they'll get this reference. <laughs> What'd you give it, Joe? One. What'd you give it, Nate? Um, here's a fun one. I wrote a question mark because I didn't know how to give it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm going to just go with two. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Nate, Can we give question marks? I want to go. Nate, you were too generous. <laughs> I gave this a one. This is the lowest rank I've ever given anything on this show. Well, if, I guess you convinced me. Okay. Change it to oh, a okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> Across the board. All right. I hey. convinced you up on fucking eruption. You can <laughs> convince me <laughs> down, down on strung out. 
<laughs> oh, dude, guys, look, it's it's not fair in, in a way, right? Because this isn't a song. This is just noise. But we had to listen to it. It's a listenable track, which means we have to rank it. Yeah. And my rule is nothing gets a zero because as long as you make noise, you are making an effort. It doesn't have to be good. And that's not what that was. It definitely was not enough, which is the name of the next track. Uh-huh. Um, numbers track, track seven, song seven. This is an actual song. Not enough was the third single released in July, uh, July 18th, 1995. Uh, not enough. Uh, okay. I, I had to regather myself about, about what I thought of this. Um, not enough. I wrote, man, you know what? This, uh, we are approaching and getting closer to what they're capable of with Hagar. And I, and, and I wrote almost great. Like, like I get teeters. It doesn't, it, but it's just not enough. <laughs> it's just not enough. Uh, so I'll, uh, we'll go to Nate. We'll go to Nate next for no notes. I literally wrote not enough for me. I was not a fan of this track. Joe. I actually wrote not enough as well, but I did have one other note. Um, anybody else catch a journey in that? Another journey. There are some other bands that shine through in this album for sure. I, yeah. I uh, caught a lot of journey, but yeah, definitely not enough for me. Like I'm ready for the next song. <laughs> okay. What'd you rank it then, Joe? Uh, this one, I, I did a 4.5. Joe's bringing the hard game today. <laughs> no tens like on Eddie Four. On Eddie Four. <laughs> on eight. Uh, on Eddie Four. You said Eddie Four. You. T- <laughs> <laughs> Nate, would you rank? Not enough. So, I ranked that a big old four piece. Four. Gave it a six point seven five. The next song, Aftershock. Aftershock. Are we done with the singles? Yes. We're done with the singles. No more singles on the rest of this album. I have a couple notes. Just two. I have... There's a Megadeathy riff at the opening of this. It's the guitar with the effect. It reminds me of a Megadeth. I don't remember what song... Is I it? don't know why I want to say angry again was the first thing I thought of, but that probably isn't it. Five magics, maybe. It had a very similar vibe to five magics. Uh, <laughs> I wrote <laughs> this song. That's tri- like Bon Jovi. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I said this. In- I said this tries to be as good as they can be. It's trying. That I, I don't think this is a bad track, but it's not good either. Does anybody have a, other notes they would like to share? Are, are we are, are are we are we entering the that there's just the, we're entering a part where it's getting hard to come up with positive things to say. Yeah, uh, I'll have positive things to say for a couple more songs on this album, honestly. Uh, but. Aftershock, I thought I had really rad solos and I kind of dug some of the really strange riffage. Again, talking mainly about Eddie's quality of guitar playing in this Mm -hmm. album is still second to none. So for me, 
the rad solos, the strange riffage uh, was enough to kind of save it a little bit. I gave this tune a 7.25. Metallica just texted me. Metallica <laughs> texted you? Yeah. Is it about a Hawaiian Metallica shirt? No. No, it is not about a Hawaiian. <laughs> I also it- gave it a 7.25, Nate, uh, for Aftershock. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't mind it. As I said, like there, there's some tracks on here. They're getting close to what they were, like the goodness of what they had before, but not quite, not enough. It's just this song is just an aftershock of what they were able to do. Uh, now, Joe, what'd you rank it? Uh, I don't have any notes on it, but uh, I also gave this a 7.25. Wow. That's a random number to have across the board. It, it, is. <laughs> it is. We definitely felt the aftershock of yeah. uh, not enough and agreed on this one. And yeah. 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 I- I- interesting. Uh, the next track. <laughs> It's called Doing Time. I have two words written for my notes. Sesame Street. <laughs> if you were... Uh, look, I got kids, right? And um, uh, Wyatt, my oldest, he watched a lot of Sesame Street. And it really helped him a lot as far as how much he's picking up. And we're watching a lot of it with my youngest one. He's about almost two in October, uh, depending on when, when this episode comes out. If it... In October, he'll be two. So we still watch a lot of Sesame Street. When you watch the big, longer, one-hour, 40-, 50-minute episodes of Sesame Street, there's a lot of extra weird stuff in Sesame Street. You have your typical uh, segments with your monsters and your puppets, and then you have Letter of the Day. When they do Letter of the Day, they typically have some weird cartoon arrangements or like weird just weird stuff like kids playing and doing a weird singing songy thing the the drum beats on here reminded me if stomp you guys know what stomp is right oh yeah stomp did an obscure sesame street appearance (laughs) (laughs) i know that that's a big long thought process to get to where i'm like this sounds like something I would hear on Sesame Street. Um, okay, so <laughs> whew, uh, it happened again, you guys. Big fat old question mark. What is happening here? <laughs> uh, I am just like, okay, guys, listen, I get it. They probably were like, was I think the Warner Brothers does Van Halen music, right? That's how they ended up with Twister because they're part of Warner Media or whatever. Anyways, um, yeah, I, th- I just feel like they're like, hey, we need like three more tracks. And he's like, let me just throw some shit together, see what happens. And this was like a half of a thought of an idea that he gave up on. And they're like, it's good enough. Throw it in there. Why are you doing this? Why diminish like mm-hmm. your album now has flaws and giant holes because you were strung out doing time, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, not having a good time. And uh yeah, I just it stultifies me why they would do this. That is my thought, Joe. Uh, I mean, honestly, man, the drummer in me wants to give this like a nicer rank, but it's just like throw everything in a freaking trash can and shake it around and see what comes out. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> also, I mean, this is like it's what it was for me. Like, I and, and also I know what I also know what Alex is capable of, and I just like if you're gonna do something 
percussion drum wise like i want more make it like longer but also make it more interesting <laughs> just don't throw a bunch of crap like you know just don't throw a pile of shit at a <laughs> blanket see what sticks it's just i, I yeah no I'm, I'm sick of all the filler stuff that's all it is what'd you give it joe uh, i gave this one a 3.5 nate you already know it's a question mark, so I'm just going to say 3.752 also as well, I guess. I don't know. I can't. That's how I feel about it. Well, uh, I gave it a four because uh, I thought it was way better than strung out. <laughs> I wasn't so strung out listening to this. I, it was something which was more than what strung out was. Strung out was just... It, it was ear cancer. If, if there's such a thing, if you can get windmill cancer from the big <laughs> giant windmills, if that's a thing, listen to Strung Out at your own risk. Like, you're just... Uh, Surgeon General's warning should be on this CD. You're going to end up with mesothelioma from Strung Out. <laughs> I know a guy that might be able to help you with that. <laughs> That song is strung out is just full of asbestos. (laughs) (laughs) They were not doing as best as they can. Oh, (laughs) the next track is also an instrumental. I didn't realize that. Uh, What? I kept waiting for the vocals. I know. Balotherium. Balotherium. Sure. Uh, it's all instrumental, but I mean, honestly, I really enjoyed this. It, it's pretty good track. It's just you're you're always you're waiting for the next drop. You're waiting for the next thing to start really happening, and it never really does. But with that being said, it's one of the better overall tracks on the entire album, in my opinion. But that's one guy's opinion. How about Joe? Joe, you're a drummer. Um, you're, you're a musician. You're an active musician out of the three of us. Wow, this is the first time anybody's referred to me as a drummer and a musician in one sentence. So, oh. anyway, well, uh, no, see, we don't see. I, I don't like to put put down drummers. See, that's the bass player I'll put down. <laughs> oh, there we go. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> no, I actually like. I enjoyed this. Like, it was kind of funny because I, I had to uh, when I was listening through the album, I had to stop and then go back and listen to it again because the whole album or the whole album the entire song, I was waiting for the lyrics to come in. So I kind of missed the whole song. I mean, I still enjoyed it, but it's just like, okay, like, where's the vocals? Where's the vocals? And I'm like, oh shit, no, it's just an instrumental. So I went back and restarted it and got like a, a better listen of it. And I, yeah, no, I really enjoyed this one. It was like, it was a nice break from the, re- the rest of the album. Cause like for that, like track after track after track, I felt like I was getting disappointed, you know, but this one, you kind of like, Oh my God. You can take a deep breath and just kind of relax and enjoy it. You know, um, make your ears happy. <laughs> there you go. Uh, dude. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed this track. What about you, Nate? Uh, this is one of those tunes that honestly, when you said at the very beginning of this episode, one of these songs is from 83. I was like, it's this one, man. And they fucking had this cool jam and they had all these ideas and they didn't know where to fit it in any album previously. Like, makes sense that it seems older you know Mm -hmm. shocking that it's newer (laughs) interesting that sammy is just like you know what 
don't put me on strung out. Fuck the doing time. Keep me <laughs> off that other one. You know, maybe I'll sing for a few minutes on big fat money. You know, like it just seems like he started distancing himself from some of the things that were going on. Like you coming in to do lyrics for doing time. He's like, for what you want me to go? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even. Like ta 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 ta, ha! <laughs> Have mercy! Oh, oh, uh, he's just like use the first thing I said on any Van Halen album. Just repeat that, and it's just like hello, hello baby, hello baby. <laughs> just <laughs> repeat. <laughs> ha! <coughs> oh shit! Uh, I I dug this track. I think musically they killed it. I gave this one an eight. An eight. How about you, Joe? 7.75. Samesies, 7.75 for me as well. And I'll just say, as of right now, that's the highest That's the highest track on the entire album. Wow. Um, so we have that's two left. Cool. Take Me Back, Deja Vu. I wrote, uh, the acoustic is very kind of Zeppelin-y. It, it, it kind of thought me, thought me of uh, a little bit of Jimmy Page. The vocals doesn't really get there. Um, I want to like this more than what it, what I do, but it just doesn't stand out when compared to some of their other commercial stuff. It sounds like they're trying to get there with this and it just falls short. So then, uh, I'll start with Nate this time. Take me back. M- Nate. Musically, this song has some spots that you're just like, okay, I'm jamming the song quite a bit and I think they're doing cool things. And then the lyrics, and the vocals just sorry sammy i'm big huge fan of your work but this is the decline of western civilization and sammy hagar's music because th- i mean i will say this is not the last we hear of him so there is a little saving grace in the coda of his career with this band but uh take me back deja vu is not something i want to ever have deja vu about i would like to um have so- not enough memory memories and have no aftershocks of those memories uh <laughs> be like because, uh do you think that would be a track that lars ulrich's dad would i would delete, delete that one delete that one okay joe what do you think about take me back i've got one note eh. <laughs> there you go all right then what'd you rank it then five five joe uh nate i gave it 5.25 Gave it a 6.75. So we're on the last track of Sammy Hagar's last album. And I wonder how he's feeling. Because that's the name of the song. Feeling. It was hard to write notes for this. Because I liked it a little bit better than the previous track. But not not a ton. Uh, not enough, huh? Yeah, no. It's not bad. Again, I dig the music, but it's not as strong as a, of a Hagar era song as mm-hmm. they have done. It honestly, by this point, I kind of feel at some. Sometimes there's like a a pattern or a formula that's kind of started with them, and some of these songs kind of sound similar. But then they've written better versions of these songs, or they've already done that. And that's kind of where I'm at here. So I'm I'm a little bit more gracious on my rank on this than maybe I should be. Because because when it was done, I didn't hate it. And I'm like, it, it's yeah. So uh we'll 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 start with Joe. What was your thoughts of feeling? I, I've got one feeling? note and 
I, uh, I tell you what, like Sammy actually said it for me in the song. So I'm going to quote, I'm going to quote the lyrics here. It says, I need a change. I need it quick before it makes me sick. <laughs> it's, it described this whole thing like perfect for me. That That's like literally it right there. Like I, I need something, I needed something to change. Cause like, like most of this album just, just, man, I tell you what, it was, it was hard to get through it. And especially this song, just really mediocre. Nate. Um, well said Joe. Cause those are pretty much my thoughts. I was feeling, I was really feeling like they could tell this was the last thing they were going to most likely do with Sammy officially on a full album. And, and, not, and obviously it's not like the writing was on the wall or anything, but it was just like one of those situations where everything is culminating to a point of obviousness. And at some point they were just like, man, I don't think this is going to rock out so good. And, you know, they, they, <clears throat> They will attempt to put their differences aside here shortly, but at this moment in time, it was just like for the final track, this is what you gave us. Mm -hmm. And not going to lie, if you were in Japan, that's amplified. The final track is what you gave us, question mark. We'll get there too also. I gave feeling a five. Joe. Five. 6.75 from me. So that is the album ranked officially because we're not including crossing over with the album rank since it's not the most accessible version. Brando, my my album ranking, my album average was 6.37. Nate, 5.64. And Joe, 5.06 with a master rank of 5.69. Ouch. That might be the worst one. Barely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So far. Wink. So fun. So far. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, guys, the the top ranking song on the album was Bellage Ethereum with 7.83. Coming in uh, second to that was Can't Stop Loving You at a 7.75. And then the seventh seal at a 7.5. And then, of course, the lowest ranked song was, well, not even a song. Very strung out. But however, there's one more track that was in the Japanese version called Crossing Over. And um, we're going to hit that next. I, I said, I like the intro to this song. The rest of it sounds disjointed. I don't know what they're doing, and I don't know where they're going with it. But... Uh, but that is like literally my two notes. I don't have anything else. Uh, do, 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 uh, we'll deal with Nate. Nate, you said you had something to say about crossing over. I thought that the you, you took the words out of my mouth about the intro. The intro is very pleasant. And then what the fuck is this song even? No, pl please. Just Van Halen, you've done a lot of really good things in the music scape. This, in my opinion, is almost strung out level of bad uh with words though which is shocking uh because i it honestly jarred me listening to this after hearing the main part of the album i thought to myself like okay this is what japan got to hear right away and i it's <laughs> fucking weird bro it's weird i don't i'm not a fan do you think it drove them to go buy the album 
Would you feel betrayed? No, I would say that some reviewers were like, if you have if you have spent the money on the fucking collector's edition with the bonus track, you've made a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's that's where I because I mean, I not I like Van Halen quite a bit. You guys know I'm a fan. This to me is just ass blasting bullshit through a fucking bullshit cannon, you know, just <laughs> <laughs> just and now there's a song on the wall and i guess we're gonna those that shit stain looks like a song we'll write those notes those are just shit stains alex i know they're notes we're writing them it's a song that's how i feel it's joe, not good joe what'd you think about crossing over with uh, I, uh Jordan you, you get like it's like it's you're starting off nice you're in the shallow wind and then there's that drop off you don't see and you're just like what the hell like where'd i go where'd it go like you know that's that's really all you can say about it is yeah like same thing as you guys it's what the hell was that i was totally freaking lost you know i just i didn't dig it man i give this one a five wow you hired me for once <laughs> i gave it a 4.5 nate would you give it two Whew. two it was bad. It was a number two. <laughs> All over the wall. As you, I said, I was, you gave doing time more a higher ranking than this. Well, doing time kind of had some pleasantness to my ears, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> the next track was off of the Twister soundtrack and is also a part of the Van Halen best of volume one, which we'll be talking about also on the next episode as we tackle two of the other songs on that episode. The reason why we did that guys is because uh, crossing over is with Sammy. The other two songs are with David Lee Roth. They spoiler alert. I know, I know but it's pretty cool. They, they, they got back with Dave and they did some new songs. And so we're going to check that out before we dive into Van Halen three. But uh, but I wanted the, this to be the really just the stamp of the end of the of the Hagar era, so we get to kind of have that uh, and have this as a coda. Humans being Nate, you were really excited to talk about this. Are you still excited to talk about it? Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> 1996. I'm in a theater. I'm watching Twister. It's one of my all time favorite movies. Still to this day, we watch it a couple times a year. Every year has to be. It's just mm -hmm. V loves mm -hmm. the movie as well. So there is a scene where it's orchestral versions of part of the music here, and the, they're going through the backwoods, and this like real kind of feels like you know you could find this place somewhere in rural Hoopston out in the fucking boonies and shit. And then like it's like wow, 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 and then fucking here comes this guitar. Yeah! It just screams and it punches you in the fucking mouth. And it, I remember the feeling of first hearing that song as a kid. And I was like, holy shit. And then fast forward a little bit. I'm at a point in my life where I'm playing guitar and I'm like, I'm learning this song. And I didn't learn the whole song because it's hard. It's Eddie fucking Van Halen. Like, let's be honest. But I learned a pretty decent chunk of it and was impressed. Like, wow, I, I could do that. I could play that. That's really cool and shit. But even now as an adult, every time humans being comes on and say, crank that shit as loud as I can, fucking adrenaline courses through my veins. I'm looking in the sky, hoping that I'm seeing some thunderclouds and some tornadoes and shit about to happen. Like, I just I'm ready, man. It's just a song that gets me ready. And then lyrically, 
it it has some pr- I think pretty powerful meaning because it's talking about we're all the same ant chasing the same crumb in so many words. I'm not gonna take lyric for lyric and break it down, but really, we are all super tiny little things searching for that thing that fills our belly and makes us happy. And the song, the power, the impactfulness, the fucking shredding guitar solos, like it's some of Eddie's best guitar work in the 90s, obviously, like, you know, in in a really good change. This song, however, I would love to give it a perfect score, and we'll talk about scores in a minute, but I will tell you guys here before I reveal my score, the score was docked for one reason. Does anybody know what the reason was? This is the song that ended Van Halen as we knew it at that time. Um, Alex and Eddie really were on board with Warner Brothers and having be a part of Twister. They saw it was going to be a box office smash. They saw the names attached to it and saw that it was probably going to be really successful. Eddie was all about it. Sammy had nothing to do with it. Didn't want to be a part of it. Fought against it as hard as he could, but they were contractually obligated. So they went through with it. And that's the last thing they did together. Made a music video for the Twister thing. The best stuff comes out and Van Hagar is done as we know it. So um, that's the only part I don't like, because if they would have taken the fucking energy and the whatever they had, the mojo for writing that song and wrote a whole album with humans being as the fucking lead track, they might have saved themselves from the third album. The three album, I guess, is what I want to say there. Joe, what do you got to say about humans being? Man, I tell you, this has always been one of my favorite, like most badass Hagar tracks. Uh, I know, like, for me, like, it was a toss up between my two favorite uh, Van Hagar's was this and right now. Um, I thought those were just like those hit all the points on what I consider to be just just perfect songs with with the, the Sammy era. And it's just, it starts off, you know, just, just like guitar on its own. And it's kind of subtle. I mean, it's got that raw sound to it. Like, you know, like, I don't know what song uh, we had an album or two ago uh, where it reminded me just of like somebody strip plugging straight into an amp, no, no pedals, no effects, no nothing, just that sound you get. And you start off with that. And then here comes Alex who could come in there like an animal released out of his freaking cage and just, go completely ballistic but all you hear is doom, 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 and he just goes into it. and he's got like this simplistic kit if you if you remember like the i think the uh the kit in the the video he's got like a small setup when he's used to like this monster drum set you know but he's just rocking it with like less is more you know and that's like i love the the fact that they just take all this and then cram it all into this and just make it something so hardcore badass uh, it sucks. I didn't know this was like the, the basically the song that tore him apart, but oh my God, this is, this is just definitely one of my favorite Van Hagar era songs right here. Then would you rank it? I gave this one a 10. I did go perfect score on this one. Nate. Brando, I don't know if you even said your thoughts. Did you really? I said, uh, no, I didn't really say my thoughts. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> He's like, oh shit, yeah. Fuck. But I said, uh, or, or I wrote, this fits in right in with the good ones from the Hagar era. This fits right in. I don't know if it overtakes any of them for me, but it's but but it fits. What'd you give it, Nate? 
a 9.75. I docked at 0.25 because it broke up Van Hagar. I gave it an 8. And with that alone, that's a 9.25 ranking for an, for an individual song. So when we go to do the top 10 songs from Van Halen, that's going to be a contender. Like it's yeah, it may not make the list because there's some other songs that are in the nines, high nines, you know, like what was the total for crossing over? Oh man, you had to you had to ask me three point eight three. Oh god, <laughs> there's a, okay, it's dead, Jim. It's fucking dead. <laughs> no, but we <laughs> end, crossing over. We end the episode on a good note though because we're about ready to head into the next one and hoof, hoof. It's uh, a gut shot. Um. Yeah, we thank you guys for listening to uh, the Rank 'em All podcast. Nate, where can they find us? Oh, you know, rankemall.rocks. That's our dot com. You can also go to all the amazing different podcasting platforms, whether it's Apple Music, Amazon Music, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Castbox, TuneIn, Alexa, Play Rank 'em All podcast. I think that's how you do it. I'll have to get back to you guys because I haven't tried that yet. But Go on all those awesome places. Find our podcast. Make sure to go to YouTube. Subscribe. Hit the bell to never miss an episode. Check out all of our stuff on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys around very, very soon as we come back for VH3. Joe, what was that lyric line you said earlier? I liked it so much. That's how we're going to end the episode. I need a change, and I need it quick before. Or else it's going to make me sick. Or else it's going to make me sick. So, Change is right around the corner, boys, and we're going to see how whether or not that's a good change. Later on, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Nate. Once again, and thank you guys for listening so much. We'll see you then, guys. Later.